0: Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Boys, it's good to see everybody, whether you're here in the room, whether you're online, it's uh, it's just good to be with you. Yeah, you know, we're in a new sermon series called Unexpected Christmas, and what a joy it's been to To see the Christmas story, to see what God did two thousand years ago with a new lens, and uh, but before we launch into that, I just want to I want to tell you I, I'm uh, so excited to be part of the Valley Church. You know why? Because you guys care about people. You show the love of Christ. Well, what's been fascinating this last couple of weeks? You know we've uh, been doing this thing called Hope for Honduras and and uh, you guys have brought in, I don't know if you knew this, but you uh, $25,000 and multiple truckloads of supplies that are going to be sent down to Honduras to help them. That's just amazing. its if, if, you, if you walk past the gym or the East Venue, you'll see box after box after box, over 1,000 now I think it is, and uh, there's more on the way. It's it just mind-boggling, and God has used... The Valley Church and poured resource through the Valley Church to help others, and that's why we're here. God calls us to show His kindness to other people, because I'll tell you what, it's the most, it's the best way to present Jesus to somebody, is to show them kindness. And so I'm just excited to be part of the Valley Church. Well, you know, we're going to do something, and we do something every Christmas Eve. It's really throughout the Christmas season. It's called Love Does, or it's actually, we call it the Christmas Eve offering. This year, we're going to call it Love Does, because love does it, it takes action and so what we're going to do is we're going to partner with a couple local organizations there's a gap in in the Sydney Shelby County area and the surrounding counties and new path in uh, Miami County and those surrounding areas that way and all the counties around and we're gonna we're gonna come together crowdfund these two local partners who provide basic Needs like food and shelter. No, actually, most of it's food, clothing, and and actually do help with utilities for for people who basically aren't going to be warm otherwise. And so, what we want to do is come together and and help those two partner organizations help families. And here's the thing. Here's what I've discovered. Um, we're all probably going to spend 29.95 during the Christmas season on something. Have you have you noticed that? That's that's about seem one of the, the common prices. Well, here's the deal. What if all of us all of us did something for Love Does? What if all of us did something like 2995 and and came together and and met the needs of some families? I I believe if we all did something, we would would be able to help at least 100 families, maybe more. And some of you, if we're honest, you could add a zero to that or two zeros to that. And and whatever God calls you to do, I just encourage you, let's come together. Let's crowdfund these organizations and, and let's make a difference in some lives right here. And uh, that's one of the great, that, that's one of the great uh, um, joys of being part of this, this church is that you guys care about people. You do the love of Christ, and that's why we're doing Love Does. One other thing I want to let you know is, man, you got these things on your chair. Would you, would you grab that? There's probably three of them. Christmas Eve is coming. I don't know if you knew that, but it is on the way. And Christmas Eve, we're going to be talking about the rescue mission, that Jesus came on a rescue mission. And I'll just tell you, there's, some, there's, there's a lot of folks in this world, that need to hear that message, would you use that to invite somebody to the Christmas Eve service? Whether it's on campus, we're going to have it here 4:15, 5:30, or whether it's online for the Valley Christmas Special, first ever, and we've been working hard on that. I, and I think it's going to be a real blessing, real joy to you. You can watch it with your families at home if you choose to do that, and you can invite if you if you're comfortable inviting some family. If you just invite them online, however you choose to do it, but. But there are some people in your life, the people you know, that need to hear that message. And, and we'd love for you to begin to invite them so they can experience the love of Christ this Christmas. Well, as we launch into, into this second sermon in this sermon series, i got a question for you. Have you ever missed a sign? <laughs> Have you ever missed a sign? I see spouses elbowing their spouse, right? Yeah, okay, so, so that, that happens. Uh, one Christmas, Paul and I—this is when we, um, this is when our kids were young—we were driving back from from Decatur, uh, all, back to to where we lived here in Piqua, and uh, it was late at night. It was dark. It had rained cats and dogs. I mean, it was just—it was the, the the there there had just been almost monsoon, and yet then it had gotten really cold and started to freeze over, and uh, and so we were driving on this stretch, just getting back. And, and remember, that there was so much water that it had often flooded around that area. But, but as I was driving down the road, I was going about 45 because there's a lot of ice out. We couldn't, you know. And, uh, and so kids are safely tucked in the back seat. And uh, Paul is beside me. We're driving down the road. All of a sudden, this, this chaos just erupts. There's snow, or not snow, but, but there's ice and, and water just spraying up over the car, over the hood. I'm like, you know, it's one of those things that hits you and you're like, what just happened? And, and 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 I knew I, I had to be careful. See, when we when we started going through this this water, I hadn't realized, but the water had gone up over the road for about a quarter mile, and then it had frozen over. So there was a crust over, it, and you couldn't see what was going on. It was like black ice; it just looked like a road. But when I hit it, I knew something was wrong, and and, and I knew that I couldn't stop in the middle of that because, like. We, I, I knew there was a, a creek up ahead. It had obviously go to, gone over its Spanx. I hadn't known that, but all of a sudden, I was afraid I'd get in the middle of that, and then it gets really bad. We could be in trouble here. I don't know how I'm going to get the kids out. I don't know how I'll get Paul out. I don't know what, what and, and, and if I get stuck and I get swept off the road, it's going to be even worse. And so I just kept going. Paul is screaming, and I'm driving. And, and we, we made it through about a quarter mile, just chaos, and I just knew I got to somehow keep it on the road, keep it, keep it on the road. We got to the other end, and there was this road sign that said high water on that end. I, I, now, I would tell you this day, I, don't, I didn't see the sign. So if there was one on this end, I either missed it, and that can happen. I, I've missed a few signs. I've missed a few other things too, right? Or it wasn't there. But you know what I discovered that night? The importance of signs. <laughs> The importance of signs maybe you've discovered that same thing too which is exactly what luke is doing in the gospel story that we're going to take a look at today it, it, part of the christmas story by the way there are two accounts there's luke and there's matthew the two uh, m- most common stories of uh that, that passages that outline when jesus comes to earth and and in it luke records some signs that he does not want you to miss because there are signs about who Jesus is, and why he came, and who he came for, and who he is, that we cannot afford to miss. But if we're careful, we might. But if we're not careful, we might miss them because they're unexpected signs. They're not what we see. Have you ever noticed that you've got a certain lens to see the world, and when it fits with that lens, you see it. But when it doesn't fit with that lens, how you're looking at the world, you miss it. You're looking for red cars, you see a red car, but you miss the blue one. You know, it's that kind of a deal. And, and Luke knew that people were going to miss the Messiah because they were looking with the wrong lenses. They had expectations for what God wasn't going to do instead of what he was going to do. And so I want us to understand this. Those who see God's fingerprints in the unexpected and believe, those who look for the signs, I want you to know when you see the signs and you believe everything changes, everything will change, so don't miss the signs. Turn with me to Luke chapter two, if you would you you, you can grab. A Bible. If you've got your phone, if you're at home, they've got a U version app that they'll put in the in the uh, or the U version link that they'll put out there for you. Uh, the hosts will. If you're here, you've got the 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 Valley app. You can just pull that up and uh, man, on U version, it's got the passages, it's got the fill in the blanks, it's got all all the info about love does and everything else the Valley Church is about. So it's all there. But I want you to join with me, and I'd love for you to begin to highlight and underline. And here's what I want you to do: put on a different lens as we read this passage and don't miss the signs that Luke is sharing with us today. It says, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their town to register. A census in those days required you to go back to your ancestral home. that meant you went back to where your family came from. Joseph and Mary were in Nazareth, but they had to make the 80-mile journey back to, to Bethlehem, back to, back to the ancestral home. So that's what's happening here. It says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to, in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. Again they 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 uh, they're they're betrothed but they have not consummated the marriage the child that Mary has is given her by the holy spirit Now Luke is a, is recording this he's a doctor he's a historian and he knows he's also Jewish and he or or knows around the Jewish people he knows that they're looking for something he knows that they're looking for something in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the line of who Jesus is. Like they're looking for a sign. And you know what the sign was? They knew that the Messiah, all the Jews knew that the Messiah was going to be from the line in the house of David. And so it's not a mistake that Luke includes that in the passage today, because he's given a sign to the Jews who, who, who were expecting a Messiah. And the sign was Mary and Joseph, as they're coming to Bethlehem, where Jesus is to be born, they would have known that from, from the prophecies. They would have known that it's in the realm of possibility that Jesus is the Messiah. It says, while, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. It didn't go on the screen, did it? There it is. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Shepherds would have been in the the surrounding countryside. Uh, It is likely, because they were watching over their flocks, it is likely that they were watching over flocks that would have been used for sacrifices at the temple. How ironic that the the, the people that were... um, Serving all, the, all of God's people so that they could go to the temple and have their sins atoned for, that they could be clean, themselves couldn't go to the temple, were unclean, were outsiders to the religious community of the day. So practically, God was off limits to them. I wonder if you feel like the shepherds. Do you ever feel like God is off limits to you for some reason? Maybe you've done too much. You've gone too far. Maybe someone has done something to you and you feel valueless because of that. Maybe you just feel like you're on the outside and, and, and I don't deserve God. I don't, I don't have any way to know him. And you feel like God is off limits for whatever reason. That's where the shepherds were. That's where the shepherds were on this hillside. And they didn't have the hope that everybody else was looking for in the Messiah, this coming Savior. And then, (laughs) what happens next was totally unexpected. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. This is the shepherds and they were terrified. Here's what's amazing. Every time a king comes, there's this huge announcement. The trumpets blow, the red carpet rolls, and he's announced so-and-so, you know, that whole deal, and and they announce him to the VIPs. They they announce him to the elite to the day, whether it's the political elite or the religious elite, and so you you would expect that the coming king, if the Messiah is coming, like everybody was going to hover around the religious leaders or the political leaders because that's that's where the announcement was going to take place. It doesn't take place with them. God announces the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the King, to some shepherds who were nobodies, to the outcasts, to the unclean, to the outsiders, to the least to the lowest. Why? What's God doing? Have you ever read through the New Testament and and you you notice that the disciples often question God? That ain't the way to do it, God. That ain't the way to do it, Jesus. What are you doing? And sometimes because we have certain lenses on, we miss what God wants to do. God is doing something and making the announcement to the shepherds. They said, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. As I read this version, I just, I can't help but think of the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Can you? Linus does it so much better. He does it so much better. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the lord has told us about i think what they're saying is this is too is this too good to be true is this real we better go say, lay eyes on it. Let's see if this is real. It says, So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, they had, what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. It was true. What had just been told to them, what had just been proclaimed, had to be so overwhelming with an angel announcing it, and then the chorus of angels sing. I mean, they had to know something's up, but they have to go see it. And when they see it, they believe. I want us today to look at some signs that I think Luke is very clearly giving to each of us today. In this account, so that you and i won 't miss what God was doing, because sometimes we look in the wrong places, we look in the wrong things, and i don 't want you to miss it. I remember um, we can miss signs pretty easily. I remember when we were dating Paul and I and I, I was living in Dayton she was in Indiana, and she came to visit me one time, and uh, so she came to my apartment and we uh, after we uh, had you know spent the day together, then she went home and I remember taking her out to the car and I remember talking about all the signs she was going to need to find, you know, to get home. Well, when she got to the bridge at Cincinnati to go into Kentucky, she called me and said, what, what's up? And uh, She was going the exact opposite direction of how she needed to to get home. She missed the signs. We can misread the signs, we can miss the signs, and then we end up in it missing what, what's best for us. We'd go the wrong way. I don't want you to miss these signs today. You know, in verse 12, Luke even says, this will be a sign to you. Like there's signs all the way through the story. Some are going to be very clear. Others won't, like you're going to have to read the signs. It says, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger, which was unexpected. See, the Jews were waiting for this, this conquering hero. They, they were waiting for a political leader. They had an idea, this religious prophet or whatever it might be, this, this person who was just going to solve all the problems. That's what, that's what their lens was looking for. And so they missed it because God sends a baby. He sends a, a baby who is in a manger. And God gives them a sign about what the Messiah, even in this, what the Messiah is going to look like. It's not going to be who you think it is. It's, he's not going to look how you think he ought to look. You see, God wanted people to know from the beginning that his kingdom was going to be different than the kingdom they thought was going to be coming in when the king came. And so he sends Jesus as a baby into, into humble beginnings in a manger to say, you know what? It isn't going to look like you think it ought to look. It's a sign for us. It's a sign for us. It's a sign about what we really need in life you know if you and i would have needed a politician if our greatest need was political i think he have sent a politician if you and i would have needed somebody to give us a military victory i think he would have sent us a general if you and i just needed some great insight i think he would have sent a philosopher and on and down but you know what our you know what he sent he sent a savior he sent a savior because our greatest need is a savior to be saved from ourselves from our sin from our empty way of life from the darkness that's our greatest need and sometimes we get focused on all the other things that we think we need but i want you to know that you will never be fulfilled you'll never have joy you'll never have peace until you first know jesus and then all these other things will be added but he wants you to know it ain't going to look like you think it ought to look he's not coming here to make everything easy he's coming to make it better he's coming to give you hope for a future and he is coming to do something right here right now you know it's interesting matthew records the other gospel right matthew records uh, another gospel account of jesus as being born and uh, he says this about Jesus. Says, she, that is Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. See, the name Jesus really means the Lord saves. A- and that's a sign that there was one that God promised who would come to save us, and his name is Jesus. You know, it's interesting, names in Jewish culture were were not just labels, but they were revelations of, of 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 someone's character. They were a revelation of someone's purpose. And God wanted to know in the naming of Jesus that that He was the Savior, that that was His purpose. That's why He came for you and for me. That's why He came to this earth. And, and in naming Him, He keeps the promise that He made hundreds of years earlier. It's a sign. you and I we need a savior and Jesus came to save us to fulfill our and to fill our greatest need and that is to be forgiven and made new and restored back to the image that he created us and he sends us a sign that's what we're to be looking for not all the other things that we might be chasing there are another series of signs in this passage that just really stick out to me it's prophecy In fact, more than that, prophecy fulfilled in Jesus. Prophecy, some some say, well, I don't know about that. That seems like kind of weird stuff. Prophecy isn't weird stuff. It's just God foretelling what's going to happen hundreds of years before it happens. Some of you might be saying, you know, you say that Jesus came as Savior, but how do I know who Jesus is? Do you know the day when Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, there were a lot of people claimed to be the Messiah. So how, how can you pick the real McCoy? Who is it? Like this guy claimed, but then he ended up dead. And this, and you might be saying today, how can I know which God is God? Because there are a lot of people who say, well, all the gods are the same. They're all the same. Like, we're all praying to the same God. just have different names. And, and uh, it, on the surface, that kind of sounds, uh, well, maybe. And maybe, maybe it's kind of arrogant to, to say Jesus is the only one who can save. He's the only God. Like, how can I choose that. How how can I say that? It sounds so good. It sounds so tolerant, but Jesus doesn't give us that. Did you know that? Jesus doesn't give us that. Look at this. Look what he says at the Last Supper. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The the only way to heaven, the, the, the only way to the Father, to God himself, is through Jesus, who is God, but until you trust in Jesus, you'll never know the Father. And Jesus is who he says he is, and he gives signs to show us exactly who he is, and he's not like every other God. It, 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 they're not all the same. And, and, and I don't make that up. It's not Andy Monin that decides that. It's, it's God himself who says it. And, and so the question is, how, how, how do we know? How, how do we know who, that, that that's all really true? Well, God gives us prophecies that point to Jesus as the Savior of the world so that we can know beyond the shadow of a doubt which way to go, who to put our trust in. Again, prophecy is simply God foretelling what's going to happen. Here's one of the prophecies. By the way, there are several hundred prophecies about who the coming Savior was going to be foretold before it ever happened, hundreds of years before. One of us, some of us can probably guess a few things, maybe one or two, and we'll get it right. But a couple hundred. This was in Micah 5, 2, again, prophesied about this coming Savior, but you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for for me one who will be ruler over Israel. It, It was very clear that God foretold that the Messiah, this one who was to come, who was going to point to him, who is God himself, the Savior, the one you, you're going to have to decide to, who to pick, where to put your hope, there's a sign they're going to be pointing to him. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. His name is going to be Jesus. That's another prophecy. The, the prophecy after he's going to be born in a manger. And on and on and on. Did you know that? Again, there are several hundred prophecies. Did you know that if you took all, uh, let's just say eight of those prophecies and you, you took a silver dollar for every one of those eight prophecies and, and then you went to Texas, the state of Texas and you, f- and you filled the state with silver dollars two foot high and you had somebody hide those eight silver dollars in that stack all over the state of Texas. The chance of you finding all eight of those prophecies or all eight of those silver dollars would be like the odds of you getting on the first try would be like the odds of, of you getting all eight of those prophecies right. And there aren't just eight pro- prophecies about Jesus. There are over 200. And God gives us a sign after sign after sign that Jesus really is who he says he is. You know what's amazing about God? He not only foretells what's going to happen, and he can see he can see into today, but he's also given us free will. And so you and I, we get to make choices, and his sovereignty has given us free will. And so not only he knows what's going to happen, but he's given us free will. And in the midst of that, God in his sovereignty can still orchestrate the events of today to make what he's foretold come to pass. He has a, so- he has a census take place so that Mary and Joseph end up where? In Bethlehem at the right time when the baby's to be born. Sometimes we're like, ah, oh, it seems like God just put this world into act, You know, He just set it in motion and walked away. It, it, it seems like stuff just happens, you know, by circumstance. I want you to know that Luke is saying, no, 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 no. God knew what was going to happen. He put a plan in motion. He foretold it to you hundreds of years before it happened. And then God, because He's God and He's sovereign, orchestrated all these events like an orchestrator or conductor and pulled it all together to make it all happen. Do you know it takes way... I mean, it would take astronomical faith to not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. The proof is overwhelming. And Luke wants us to see some of the signs that when they all add up, make it unmistakable. One, of my, uh, one, one place I love to eat is the Back 40 in Decatur. And uh, w- the reason I like it, there's both quantity and quality. It's hard, it, sometimes you get the quality, it's hard to get the quantity. Sometimes you get the quantity, eh, you know, it's just okay. Quantity and quality in a restaurant, boy, that's good stuff. That, that's what this place is. But one of the things I liked about it else was they had, they had these series of signs that advertised it, and you would go about a tenth of a mile to have a word on another tenth, another word, and uh, when you got, you, you had to stay on the same road. <laughs> but when you went all down, like it told the story, there was the, there was the, there was the story. There was the sign pointing. Uh, prophecies are just like that. God's given us 200 prophecies that point to Jesus as the Messiah. How, how can you miss it? It's unmistakable. He wants you to know not to go the wrong way, not to trust in the wrong God because there's only one God. His name is Jesus. And it's clear that God is pointing to him. But there's something else I want us to see in this story. This is the sign that maybe is not so clear. I've seen it clearer this year than I've ever seen it. And that's this. The Savior who has come is here for everyone. The first announcement of Jesus' birth isn't given to the religious elite. It's not given to the people you would have thought it would have been given to. It was given to some shepherds who are nobodies. Let that sink in for a minute. Shepherds weren't even allowed to testify in court. Like like they had no voice. And yet here they become the first witnesses. The first to hear about the announcement that that the Messiah was here on earth. Why does Luke record that? Well, why does that happen? Luke wants you to, he, he doesn't want you to miss this sign. He does not want you to miss this sign because it's huge. Up till now, shepherds are the outcasts. They're the unclean because they work with these animals and the job that they do. They can't get to the temple like everybody else, so they can't even go get clean. They're, the situation feels pretty hopeless and so when the angel makes this announcement of the king to the shepherds he's literally telling them this do not be afraid i bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people including you i wonder if that's the first time they'd ever heard that I wonder if that's the first time they'd ever felt that hope it was almost like God was writing him a letter dear forgotten one my heart aches for the emptiness and the hopelessness you feel your enemy Satan wants you to feel there's no way out no future is good that's a lie I have sent Jesus to you so that you would never be alone and have to stand up to life on your own relying on your own strength and wisdom and resources. I want you to know that nothing is impossible, and even though you're struggling to see clearly right now, I have the power to make all things good now and for all eternity, and I will. Trust in my son Jesus. He came to defeat death, and nothing can stop him from giving you the full life you were created to have. Hope for a future and a hope that never ends. Jesus isn't just someone else's hope. He's your hope. I think that's a sign in this passage that Luke writes, and he's inspired to write it, that God wants all of us to know you're not excluded from the kingdom of God, you're not too low. You're not too lost. You're not too out there. You're not too broken. You're not too insignificant. I came for you. That's what he's saying to us. And he doesn't want you to miss that sign because there are people all over this world. There are people sitting right here today. feel like they don't measure up like there is no more hope that they've gone too far they've become something that shouldn't have been people have done too much to them and they're worthless and god says no my joy is for all the people including you today today you might say well okay Jesus, he's the Messiah. He really is who he says he is because I can look at all the signs. And I know I need a Savior because, because God didn't send all those other things. He sent a Savior. That, that was a sign even in his name. And, and that's my greatest need. And he came for me. So what do I do? Where do I go? How, how do I respond to what I'm, what I'm hearing today? I think the first thing we got to do is look at the signs. We've got to see the signs. Maybe, just maybe, the lens that you've had on has, has, has caused you to miss the signs. You know what I mean? Because we look at things through lenses, and sometimes they color things a certain way, and we miss stuff. God wants you to open your eyes, put on a different lens, and say, you know what, it might be unexpected, but this is what I'm doing. And you and I, we have to see that Jesus is the promised Savior, that, that the signs are true, and they point to him. And we've got to put our trust in him. We've got to push it all in and say, you know what, God, I'm going your way. Jesus, I'm trusting in you, and not in all those other things that I've been trusting in. I remember the first time I went to a cave. You, 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 you go in these caves and like they got the lights on, but then all of a sudden, you know, you always go to these. Well, I remember Mammoth Cave, you know, you go in Kentucky, you go to this, you go in the center of the earth, it feels like, and there you are, and then they turn out the lights. And I remember trying to see my hand. You can't see a thing in there. Like you can't see your hand if you put it this close. That is pitch dark. And then they turn the lights back on. Oh, that feels good. All of a sudden, you can see again, and the darkness goes away. It's like that with Jesus. Sometimes we've been searching for God. And yet we don't make a commitment to Jesus. We don't say, you know what, Jesus, I'm I'm, I'm looking at the signs and it points to you. So I'm going to decide to trust in you. And this is an intelligent decision I can make because you've given me all these signs. It it would take more faith not to believe. But until you make that commitment to Jesus Christ, guess what? The light doesn't come on. Because things are spiritually discerned. The scriptures say that. And so you might, you're never going to understand how God works. Your, your heart's never going to be open to what God wants to do and the truths that he has for you until you say yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to him, and, and saying yes to him means you begin a journey with him as the leader of your life. You turn away from the things that you were doing formerly. You, you, you put all your hope in him and not in the things that have drawn you to then. You see, we've got to do that. that. That means making room. That means making room in our lives and pushing the other things out. Consider this. When Joseph and Mary go to, go to Bethlehem, they're going back to their ancestral home. It says there's no room at the inn. We've all seen the plays, right? And uh, we, 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 we think of the inn as this motel with lots of rooms and there's a bad innkeeper at the head. Luke, in his gospel when he's talking about the inn here, not using the word for a commercial inn like that. It's a different word. You see, in those days, hospitality was highly valued. Somebody came to your house, you just put them up. That's the way it was. And again, we traveled in those days. And so a lot of houses had these rooms for lodging. If family or friends or even strangers came, you would put them up in that room. That's likely the kind of Lodging that they couldn't find at the inn. You know, it's so easy to want to say, ah, oh, that dumb innkeeper. Blue Christmas. Didn't he know better? But it's a lot more personal than that. It's you and me. Is the room in our house? Is the room in our home? Is a room in our life? It's not the innkeeper that this is about. It's you and me that this is about. You know, I have, a, I, I have a hunch that what happened when he, he went, and by the way, he, Mary and Joseph, they weren't strangers. They were going back to their ancestral home. You, there's got to be like second and third cousins, maybe even a first cousin there, you know, that kind of deal. I mean, this is family. <laughs> Hopefully you won't experience that at Christmas, like get put out. <laughs> I mean, oh, no room here. But you would think if they're going to find a room, it would be in Bethlehem where he's from, where his family's from. But I have a hunch they'd already put somebody in that place. There was either someone or something that had already taken the place that Jesus should be in. And and, and I think that's what Luke is trying to tell us. Look inside and make sure you haven't missed the signs. And, 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 and have not put your hope in things or in people you shouldn't have. Because I sent Jesus as, as a Savior because that's your greatest need. And I want to save you. I want to restore you. I want to forgive you. I want you to know the Father. I want you to come to heaven and, and be with me for all eternity. But I want you to live a full life right now. I want to do that for you i want to help you in your circumstances i want to i want to work and rescue you from the things that you're going through right now i want to do that for you even if you feel like you're on the outside looking in i came for you here's the deal open up the door let me in let me have a part of your life not just a part but let me have all of your life and when i fill you I'll remake you, and I'll restore you. I'll give you the hope that you've been looking for in all these other things. Don't miss the sign. Let's pray. Father, Father I just pray this morning, I just pray that each of us would look at the signs, would Would look at what you have, have given us through your through your word, through your inspired word, to point us to you, Jesus. And Lord, would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to turn away from the things that we've been trusting in and to to turn to you? Would you help us to realize that your love is greater than our doubt? (laughs) That your love is greater than our self-loathing? That your love is more powerful than than our weakness? And that you want to remake us and that you care and love us and that none of us are too far gone none of us are too far outside your love and so uh, i just pray for that person who's come here this morning that feels like there's they're an outsider they're on the outside looking in of god's love of your love father would you just open up their heart to see these signs to to trust in what you have shown them through your word that they might say yes to you and experience the life that you have for them this Christmas. I, I just pray that. I pray for that person who's been walking but but gone astray, got caught up in the things that shouldn't get caught up in. Father, would they throw open wide the door again and allow you to come in and reorder the furniture to make them new, to cleanse them? You, you do that. Thank you. Thank you that you do that. We, we want your light in our life to dispel the darkness thank you that that's what you do thank you that's who you are and thank you that we are all able to receive your gift of jesus thank you father thank you for caring enough to send jesus to be with us and jesus thank you enough thank you so much for going to the cross not just being born into this world and in this chaos but then going to the cross and taking our place so that we could be with you for eternity, that, that we could love ourselves again. Thank you for that. We ask, we ask this, Jesus, and we ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. I want you to go look at the signs, experience the fullness of what Jesus came to do. God bless you. Go and have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because change lives, change lives.